Ninth inning, 5-4 Pirates. Bednar ready. And a 3-2. Outside, strike three call. Not close, but Contreras caught out on strikes on the fastball. The Pirates will take it as they beat Milwaukee and take the series 5-4. A nice come-from-behind win for the Bucs here today. Indeed, it was a nice comeback win. The Pittsburgh Pirates on a winning stretch in the month of September. This is unprecedented, it seems. But the Pirates doing well in the month of September. Maybe I thought there were some flaws, too. I certainly had my skepticism with them sweeping the Royals. Okay, the Royals have the second-worst record in Major League Baseball. Then they go and they win the series against St. Louis, and I'm like, all right, all right. The Brewers are going to be the real test, and here we go. <clears throat> they win two of three against the Brewers. I am satisfied with this last stretch of games. The absolute biggest test, though, is going to be the Atlanta Braves. The Pirates are playing the Braves in a three-game series in Atlanta, and the Braves are 90-48. and 48. They just lost to the Cardinals. That's just one game. But the Braves, 90-48, and 48, leading the National League East, and that is by several games the best record in Major League Baseball. Pirates have a tough task. What the heck? They're not playing for too much more at this point. They're 12 and a half games back in the division. They're far away from a wild card spot. So, hey, go out there and have fun. Expose your talents the best you can and expose the weaknesses of the Braves maybe in the process. That's really all we can hope for. And I'm happy as well. I talked about this briefly the other day. But Miguel and Duhar continuing to swing a hot bat. He had an RBI in yesterday's win so I'm thrilled that he's back in the majors I hope they give him more of a chance in the future I mean I was saying that toward the end of last year as well because he was doing pretty good uh couldn't quite find a stable position to start this year but then they had him in the minors and he was tearing it up they never brought him back up they never gave him a second chance especially with uh, after Carlos Santana got traded there was a vacancy at first base but you can't go back, you can't change the past, but I am an uh I am a Miguel and Duhar supporter, and I will be uh, uh indefinitely. So right now the Chicago Cubs uh are catching up to the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cubs now seventy six and sixty four. The Brewers seventy seven and sixty two, so that's uh that puts the Cubs a game and a half out of first place. And this is just something I want to um to use as a lesson for all of you listening out there that like to doubt. I talked about uh, the other day that, you know, is it fun to play in Pittsburgh um, sometimes? And, you know, is the is just the constant negativity uh, a good place to house, you know, good athletes or, or to encourage athletes to do their best? And I, don't, I mean, they're professional athletes. They're making uh, so much money that you could just use that excuse and say, well, yeah, I mean, they're making so much money, so, you know, who cares what the fans react like? The fans have a right to react a certain way. But also, we want to breed in Pittsburgh a, a, a an encouraging and friendly atmosphere. I think that I think that it's difficult, and I, I know, as it relates to the Pirates, I know several of you um, are not always happy with um, how the Pirates' seasons go, and that's fine. 
But, you know, the overreaction to Paul Skeens just kind of took me over the top. And also now looking at this, looking at the Cubs as a, as a primary example of maybe why not to count your team out right away. So the Pirates were in that battle with the Milwaukee Brewers for first place in April and May, and then the Pirates lost that, but they were still ahead. The Reds went on a surge and then dropped off the map. Still over 500, but um, their chances at a playoff berth are dwindling. They're, they've won five of their last ten. Um, and the Pirates, who were in first place, are now in fourth. The Cubs are that close. Like, the Cubs were in fourth place once upon a time, and they were being counted out, like, late May, early June, that, you know, their their playoff chances were not high, and they were struggling, and now... The way they've performed, they're a game and a half out of the division lead. Like the Brewers are going and and giving it away. So as the seasons progress and you know, the Pirates show signs of life and show signs of development that maybe give them more of a chance as they go through the season and don't just throw out all these negative comments and these sad comments because I don't think it's – it's not good for anyone, especially if you truly care about the team. Maybe you don't anymore, but uh, that's that's on you. Now, I'm going to continue to care and talk about them as they go forward, but the Cubs are just another example. The Cubs were, were, were out. They were down for the count, it looked like, and, you know, they, they kept pace and, you know, they kept strong, and, you know, Chicago fans can be insufferable, and, and, and maybe that's good for the team because it makes the team want to play better, and here they are now. They're in the playoff hunt. Realistically could win the division if they keep pace and eventually pass the Brewers. If the Brewers slip up, which they have all season. The, the, nobody has seemed to want to win the NL Central this year. Everybody's just pass. It's like passing the torch. It's like uh, those baton relay races. It's just, no, I hand it off to you. Now you take it. Okay, now you take it. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to win the NL Central, and it's uh, – one of the weaker divisions. It is the weakest division in the National League. Um, both other divisions have at least an 80-game winner, and we already talked about the Braves winning 90 games. And, uh, yeah, the Brewers leading right now with 77 wins. And let me just verify. Okay, that's uh, the second weakest division of Major League Baseball behind the AL Central with the Twins leading as the only team over 500 with 73 wins. The next highest team is the Guardians. They have 67. Uh, and then that's the that's the division that houses the Royals with 44 wins. And the Oakland Athletics picking it up a bit from where they were. But uh, they're 43-97. and 97. That's the worst record in Major League Baseball so far this year. And uh, looking at just the stats, 19 away wins. That's terrible. Two of those are against the Pirates, though. I remember when they beat the Pirates twice in May, and that was the start of the collapse. Many would, uh, many would argue. Either way, all right. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's just touch on McCutcheon's injury real quick. He is an interesting man, and I'm very glad that he communicates with the fans on social media and um, Twitter specifically. I saw. And by the way, uh, this is the fan early morning show. It's the wake up show. The wake up show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. So, McCutcheon, I saw on X, formerly known as Twitter, who said that uh, he first tweeted 
So I was watching the broadcast, and, and Greg Brown, and I believe it was John Wayner um, or, or Bob Walk, picked up on Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, he swung the bat, and then his, uh, he was favoring his leg a bit, and then he got a hit, and as he was rounding first, he looked like he was limping, not extremely, but he looked more like he was still favoring that one leg as he was uh, sprinting his way into second base, and then after he called time when play stopped, uh, he kind of tried to walk it off, and he still uh, still looked uncomfortable. He finished, he finished the inning, and that was you know then when he was taken out because of precautionary reasons, and he tweeted out, he posted, "I'm fine," and you love to hear that, and several fans love to hear that. Six point four million uh, impressions on Twitter would say that people cared. They were they were excited, and there were a bunch of comments, uh, you know, oh, McCutcheon's great. Uh, and then yesterday in the morning, I'm listening to the Cook and Joe show, weekdays 10 to 2 on the fan, um, I'm listening, and, and Matt Cole, the producer, uh, breaks the news that McCutcheon actually has a partial Achilles tendon tear and uh, that's going to sideline him for six weeks. Uh, but with the amount of time left in the season, there's like three weeks, four weeks left in the season. So McCutcheon's been shut down for the year with this partial Achilles tendon tear. So, yeah, then he then he tweets again. He He quotes his own tweet, and then he says, well, no, I'm not, with one of those sad emoji faces. He says, dang, this sucks. Yes, it does. I mean, I I love I love and hate that we're in an age where players can just say whatever they want. In this case, I love it. I love that he can and I don't know if he knew, like he, you know, he said he was fine. He said he was fine in a tweet. I don't know if he was just trying to reassure fans or if he actually thought that he was okay um and then upon further uh you know, testing and 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 further diagnosis, they find that he uh, actually had a bigger problem than he thought. I don't know, but I just found it interesting. It was that uh, <laughs> he tweeted he that he uh, said he was fine, and then, well, actually, no, I'm not. Um, good, he's letting the fans know. Good, he's addressing uh, the comments that he's making, and um, that's one of the things I appreciate about uh, McCutcheon as a Pittsburgh Pirate is that you know he communicates with the fan and uh, the fans. And he seems very much invested in Pittsburgh. So invested that he, he named his son Steele after the city of Pittsburgh. But it also bodes a bigger question. Uh, does McCutcheon, should McCutcheon sign back with the Pirates or should the Pirates be interested in bringing McCutcheon back for one more season? And you're welcome to call in at 412-928-9370 and voice your opinion with me. You can also... Hit me up on X. You can tag me in a post. At Callas underscore 33 is my handle. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. Um, use that handle, and you can comment your answer or your thoughts. I will just give mine. I say that uh, you bring him back. Um, he's at 299 home runs as well. That would be a shame. That would be a crying shame if he could not hit the 300 home run milestone and and I get it I understand the concerns Ron Cook was concerned yesterday while I was listening his initial reaction was that 
You know, what value does he provide? I think McCutcheon performs great offensively in Pittsburgh. It just seems like he has a little extra motivation to do well. And, I mean, I guess the initial reunion made him want to play just that much better. He has the right mentality for a winning culture. I think he would be great. And not just, you know, the Austin Hedges version of a great clubhouse guy. McCutcheon can still bat. And the designated hitter in Major League Baseball, the Universal DH, now makes and creates opportunities for McCutcheon to still be on the team. Great offensively. If you don't want to use him in the field, that's that's what it is, and that's understandable. But the fact that they can house him in that DH spot, I think, makes for an excellent, excellent opportunity uh, for the Pirates to, to, to bring him back and get that 300th homer and hopefully be one of those players that leads the team to a playoff berth for the first time uh, it'll be nine seasons next year. I think it would be good for the city. I think it would be good for the Pirates. I think that McCutcheon can bounce back and be an asset to this Pirates team. I have no doubts that he very well could be. I had faith that he was going to do well when he came back initially. There's so many people saying, well, he's old, well, he's this, well, he's that. Well, there's still the factor of, there's still the factor that he is coming back and reuniting with a city that he's clearly fallen in love with, and that's something you got to take into account. Sometimes emotions bring out the best in, in, in players, and I know that there are many of you out there that just like the numbers, and that's fine. You like you like just going over the numbers and the trends and the basic stats, but like sometimes there are deeper meanings or there are deeper intangibles, I'll call them to cliche that, there are intangibles out there that exist that that you may not consider that actually contribute to a player doing better or not doing better. And I cited Santana too, and I remember talking about this. Carlos Santana, who has recently played for the Pirates, Santana was great with the with the Cleveland baseball team. He he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies on a three year deal, and he didn't even finish a full two seasons before they traded him back to Cleveland, and he went from playing mediocre baseball to being an all star with that uh, with that Cleveland team. I feel like there are several instances where that happens where you have a reunion, some not so spectacular, but McCutcheon is a way different case. Got a caller at 412-928-9370. Hello. Good morning. Hello, Nick. This is uh, Earl from Cannesburg. And I don't know if I'm imagining things or what, but wasn't there a position at one time where you had player coaches? Oh, yes. The, that would be a, yes, there would were. Be a good, uh, good slot for uh, McCutcheon. You think he would be a good player coach? Yeah, you know, you could uh, you could rest them, you could do this or that, and put them in on on different uh, scenarios, you know, and not huh. not beat them up so much. That's interesting. He is an asset to the team. He is an asset to the team. It's very it's a very unconventional thought, Earl. Thank you for the call. I do know that uh, Pete Rose, when he was managing the Cincinnati Reds, and whether you want to remember that or not, that's why the the I learned because of him being on the Reds, Pete Rose, why managers wore jerseys and wore numbers. And it's because 
there were player managers where a, a manager could insert himself into the game. Like a manager was essentially uh, uh, a last ditch reserve player. Like if your roster was empty, the manager could come in and play. And I think that that is interesting. Definitely a rule from the times of, of more, uh, you know, early baseball, daytime baseball, pickup baseball. But it is in the Major League rulebook, and that's why they wear jerseys. If you have a number, if you're wearing a jersey, you theoretically could insert yourself into the game. And Pete Rose, I think on a couple occasions when he was a manager, pinch hit himself into games. Very unique. Now, is that going to happen with McCutcheon? Uh, no, no, probably not. Probably not. But um, interesting point by Earl. That, that actually makes me smile just to even consider uh, something like that. That's, uh, that is interesting. Got another caller? Go ahead, introduce yourself. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is Kevin in the car. All right. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, you were talking about McCutcheon, and uh, I was, it's an unfortunate situation with uh, the injury. Hopefully it's not, uh, you know, may, you know, if surgery's required, how long that timetable would take. I think I just got to rest him. I don't think it needs surgery. No? Okay, well, that's good news. That's a relief. Um, what, do you see him returning to the Pirates next year? Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I definitely do think he could return to the Pirates, and I think it would be smart for them to bring him back. What do you think, Kevin? I mean, I'm definitely pro for it. Um, I don't know where he finished the season. I know he was very high in drawing walks, at least, and uh, that was something that I thought, you know, definitely gave value in that in that lineup, no matter where you put him. Absolutely. And I think it would obviously be affordable too if you want if you wanted to be here. Seems it seems like he does too. So it's, it, it could be a win-win. I'm I'm programming him back. Kevin, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um. Yeah, and that's what the broadcasters talk about all the time as well. They talk about the McCutcheon takes professional at bats. He's not he's not a free swinger. He's not he's not putting all his chips on on extra base hits and home runs. He's very patient at the plate. I think that's very valuable as well. When you have a guy like him that can get on base and uh assuming that O'Neill Cruz makes it back and continues to be an everyday player in the Pirates lineup. I mean, that's what made the Pirates such a threat, that you have McCutcheon toward the top of the order, and you have McCutcheon working walks and being picky with his pitch selection because the pitchers are betting that McCutcheon's going to chase. McCutcheon didn't chase. McCutcheon gets on base, and now all of a sudden when you have runners in scoring position, even the bases loaded at times, and O'Neill Cruz comes to the plate, well, now you can't pitch around O'Neill Cruz, and you know he could take you deep. He could take you out of the ballpark. He's the extra bases kind of hitter now in that Pirates lineup. And the hitters protect each other in that instance as well, which is why I think uh, Cruz was a huge loss for the Pirates this year, assuming he was going to do as well as we thought he he would. Um, so I think that, that that dynamic of the lineup all works together, where if they pitch around Cruz, then they have to face guys like uh, Reynolds, Hayes, and, and a McCutcheon-type player now to an extent. But, you know, if McCutcheon can take those, quote, professional at-bats, then he gets on base more often than not. And then you got guys up like Cruz and Reynolds and Hayes, and they can hit him in. I think it's very valuable. And that's a good point by Kevin that he works the walks, takes those professional at-bats, those professional plate appearances, 
and gets himself in position to score, whether um, he's the one driving in runs or whether he's on base and you know ready to score. So, yeah, that's just one of many reasons that um, he should be brought back. If you have an opinion on this, you can call me at 412-928-9370. You can hit me up on X at Callus underscore 33, C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33, and uh, we can talk about it. Tag me in a post on X. Uh, call me, and we can continue to talk about McCutcheon later on. We can also talk about Nick Bosa, now the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history, RIP to T.J. Watt being able to say that. Um, and also talk about that as well, how that uh, affects the Steelers' likelihood of winning on Sunday, uh, what this means for the league with Nick Bosa now being the highest-paid player. We can talk about all that. Still talk about McCutcheon. I'll take your phone calls up until 5.35, and I'll return after this break. You're listening to the Fan Early Morning Show, and this is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer, Equinox, and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. You can also check them out online at sunchevy.com. Today, high of 81, low of 70, spots of rain all throughout the day, and if it's not raining, it's going to be overcast, so kind of a gray day today. Uh, tomorrow, a little bit of a chance of rain, high of 80, low of 66, but uh, you can expect the sun to come out uh, a little bit as well tomorrow. That's fan weather. It's brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's the Fan Early Morning Show, and i got a couple minutes left to talk to you. Uh, if you want to call in and get a line before time expires, you can, 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on exit anytime throughout the day, and Perhaps I'll respond, whether it's on this show or just in an ex-post form. I hate not saying tweet anymore, but uh, Elon Musk. Okay, well, anyway, I'm not going to vent too much about that. not going to waste too much more time. Uh, but at Callus underscore 33, that's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33, if you want to tag me in an ex-post, and, um, and I'll talk to you at any point in time. Um, if you're interested in a topic and you want to respond and join a conversation, you're welcome to have a conversation with me about sports on X and here on the phone lines. Uh, real quick, I cannot give you an accurate assessment of how much Nick Bosa uh, truly impacts the, the 49ers' chances of winning the football game on Sunday. Um, I will say, though, that I'm drinking the Steelers' Kool-Aid, and it doesn't matter who's playing for the 49ers on Sunday, I really do believe that the Steelers are, are going to find a way to pull it out, and I'm excited, and I really have no basis. Like, you could you could call in and you could give your opinion, and I might have to agree with you about, you know, oh, well, this player is really good, and, oh, the 49ers have Brock Purdy, and he's got, you know, there's a great quarterback system the 49ers have, and Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. And you, could, you, could, you could say all of that, and you'd probably be right. I just, I'm drinking, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, I'm, I am drunk on the Kool-Aid. I really just I've enjoyed all the acquisitions that they've made in the offseason. I've loved how they've bolstered the offensive line. I love that Kenny Pickett's going into uh, a full year now as the quarterback. Uh, hopefully, you know, barring injury, jinx, you know, all that stuff. But you know, assuming he plays the full year, which he should if he performs well enough and stays away from injury, you know, him playing the full year um, is exciting. It's exciting to watch him and anticipate his first full season. So. Um, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Again, that's that's really it. I don't have any uh, in-depth analysis for you, and you could bring a bunch of logic to the table and um, and, and talk to me about it, but um, I there's nothing there's nothing that I uh, 
there's not too much that I could see where I wouldn't have faith that the Steelers could pull this one out. We've got a caller at 412-928-9370. Good morning. Hey, what's up? I'm doing a talk show. What's your name? Will from Pittsburgh. Good. Give me your opinion. 30 seconds. Give me your opinion. I have the Steelers winning 24-17. Deontay yes. Johnson will get the first touchdown of the Steelers season. Will, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Love to hear that. And we got one more call. You got 30 seconds. What's your name? My name is Khalil. Um, okay, give me your thoughts also, real quick. I also have the Steelers winning. Yes. Um, it, it might be a close game. I don't know really what the score will be. Um, I don't think Kenny will light it up too crazy. I think he'll do just enough to win because, you know, the Niners got a stout defense. But I think we run the football effectively. And um, I definitely agree with the Deontay Johnson touchdown as well. Yeah, thank you for the call. It's NFL season. The Steelers are going to win. We sure hope.